welcome to the Prepare to Win podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver, here with Dane Lee. It's the caffeinated edition of the Prepare to Win podcast. So we're good to go today. We got a little bit of energy in us. I had to text Lindsay what my coffee order is because I am a fucking adult and still cannot <laughs> order coffee from, from myself. Uh, yeah, there's just so many options, you know, and I've, I've tried a lot of them. I like a lot of them, but there's just so many options. I like sweet coffee, too. I don't know. I just drink my black. Yeah. yeah See, I used to I used to drink saves me a lot of time. I used to drink black coffee before I worked out. Mm-hmm. Especially during the winter, like just hot black coffee. Yeah. Um sometimes I would throw like just a touch of sugar in it, nothing much. But uh just take like a little bit of that bitterness away. But um I'd pretty much just go to just i mean it was nothing great you know i went to the little speedway across the street from the gym <laughs> it's like it was like 80 cents for a little small cup yeah and sometimes like if i need a little more caffeine i would take an espresso and throw it in there or whatever um you know those little shot things throw it in there mm-hmm. and just down it real quick and just like because it's hot too so it kind of like heats you up a little yeah. bit um but i used to i mean that was that was one of the best pre-workouts as long as, you know, you have to go to the bathroom yeah. or something. <laughs> but, um, you know, now I like, I don't know, just white girl shit. Sweet. I'm drinking a <laughs> fucking white, iced white mocha. So It's good to know what you like, though. Yeah. Or I'll get caramel fraps. <laughs> Put the whipped cream on there. <laughs> so... Um, For every time that someone sees you and thinks that you look like an angry bear, I just want them to picture that. It's like, oh, he uh, drinks caramel fraps. Yeah. And just neutralize that angry yeah. appearance. I'm just going to have a caramel frap with me at all times. <laughs> so then you understand, like, he, he's not so bad. <laughs> if he can drink a caramel frap, I can definitely go up and talk to him. Yeah. I thought he was a dick, but he's got that caramel frap in his hands. So yeah. it's like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> look, I can't change my face. Okay, I try. I can't change it. So whatever. Think I'm think I'm angry and mean and scary. Oh well. <sighs> if you make me mad, I am pretty angry and scary. But we're working on control. <sighs> okay. So anyway, <laughs> that's probably like the longest um, we've ever been off topic um, in the initial part. Of yeah, the I think podcast, so. At least. So uh, today we're gonna go over. Basically, like, uh, I, I, I kind of dubbed it as, you know, stop thinking and just lift. Um, and we could tie that into a lot of different things. So I noticed over the past few months, um, it was it was almost like a, one lifter did it and then another lifter did it and then another. And it's like maybe it's because a couple of them did it and I started to notice it more that I started noticing everyone was doing it. That a lot of... Um, my lifters and people do this in general, but I feel like sometimes I have maybe over critiqued or over gave too much feedback almost, um, which, you know, isn't, it's good to give feedback, but if you give too much, um, what can happen is people get kind of a little bit more educated, but a little bit more overwhelmed at the same time. So it's great that these lifters, you know, that I'm telling these things to are getting educated and starting to learn and look for things, but it starts to hinder their lifting because when, um, we call it like when you're new and dumb, you just lift, you know what I mean? You don't really think about it. You don't, um, 
you don't focus so much on like the little technique nuances because you don't know them. But once you start to know them, you could start to feel like, okay, I went and I was going to deadlift and I realized I didn't have, you know, great lat tension in there. I didn't set in yeah. right. I didn't have external rotation. I didn't get thoracic extension, you know, all these little things. Um, and they'll start noticing all the little critiques that we gave them within the lift. So then it starts to screw them up if they go to lift and they're overthinking it and one of them goes off or doesn't go right. The lift kind of goes to shit, you know, because they're overthinking the lift. There's a, this is why we do, you know, certain little drills and warmups. This is why we do, you know, that, that I do teach is critique. So you get to the point where you don't think, and you can ask any, you know, great athlete, um, <clears throat> in any sport, it becomes, um, just such a, a mind muscle, you know, whatever you want to call it connection, um, you know, neurological connection that, they just react. They don't. Mm -hmm. And that's where you hear like athletes, like people, Oh, how'd you do that? I don't know. I just did it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how it happened. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the level you need to get to is you need to just lift and you can know what happened afterwards, you know, that's fine. Or, or let, you know, kind of let it sink in later or watch the video and figure it out. That's the, I mean, that's, you take any sport where they're watching film of the prior game, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're critiquing what they did wrong, you know? And then that's the time to kind of let it all come back in cognitively and say, okay, yes, that is what I did wrong. Now we know, and we can try to fix that going forward, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you know your errors, but you know, no one's thinking, you know, Tom Brady doesn't drop back for a pass in, go to throw it to the wide receiver and then, you know, bring it back and be like, Oh, you know what? My shoulder just, some doesn't feel right. I'm, you know what? I, I'm just going to throw it to the ground. No, he fucking cocks <laughs> back and he releases that fucking ball. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, unless his shoulder just got torn out, he's not worried. You know, yeah. no one's worried about it. You know, the same thing with, with any sport you can think of, like no one stops mid shot in, in basketball. I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't, I don't, I'm not in right alignment here. I don't know if this is good. No, they fucking adjust through the air. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yep. like, so you got, at some point it's good to know those things, but it's too much overload. Yeah. You know, the brain can only handle so much at one time. And especially if you're trying to move maximal loads or, you know, close to you. Oh yeah. You can't be thinking like mid lift. Oh shit. I didn't get enough brace. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like all that practice that you do ahead of time is supposed to be what happens just automatically when you're going into it. I forget what book it was, but they talked about how one of the best ways to mess up a professional athlete is to ask them to explain how they did something mm -hmm. because then it gets in their head. They're trying to think, well, how, how did I do that? And then the next time they go to do it, they're thinking instead of just doing Yep. and it'll mess up. You watch them. I think they were talking about tennis players where, you know, they made this amazing shot. And I asked them, like, oh, man, how did you do that? And they're like, well, I'm, I'm not really sure, but it got them thinking about it. And the next time that scenario came up, they messed it up. Yep. Because they're, you know, their brain's aware of it and they're trying to think at the same time and just it messes up the pattern. Yeah. You ever see um, those videos of uh, Steph Curry when he, he'll do it, like, from all different parts of the court. But the one, uh, there was one that wasn't 
too long ago that he, I think he went maybe start at the foul line, maybe just inside and he hits a shot and he takes a step back. I think to the foul line, hits okay. a shot. He takes a step back to the three point line, hits a shot, takes about two steps back beyond that hits a shot. Goes back to half court, hits a, like he literally just did that back. You think he was sitting there thinking like, okay, well, I'm back here now. I need to put this much power in my jump, and I need you know what I mean? No, no. he was just because he, he shot so many shots right. in his He's life. Intuitive at that point, he was just reacting and just putting up the ball. Like mm-hmm. his body knew what to do. He didn't need to think about it, right? You know, but you put me at half court, I'm gonna be like, ah, oh, shit. I have no God. idea. <laughs> All right. Let's, you know, uh, how hard do I, fuck. you know what I mean? I'll be thinking about it for 10 minutes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like when they do those, uh, those half court or three quarter court shots for money. Yeah. You know, at games, watch them people. They're like deep breath, figuring it out, keeping <laughs> the ball up, you know? And then you watch a guy like that and he's just, he makes it look like he's at the foul line still. Right. You know, so. Um, you know, it, it's, it, and it goes with everything. I think, you know, a lot of people, um, will come in and they'll say like, it, it's like a constant excuse to every day. Look, like we've all been there. You're going to come into days where you didn't eat enough. You're not hydrated well enough. Mm-hmm. You know, all that stuff, you know, your coach doesn't need to know that you don't need to really even acknowledge that. Just know it happened. You know what I mean? You don't you don't even need to think about it longer than okay, I probably need to drink more water today and get more electrolytes in. No it um, do and, better next time. And this is a thing, like I'm so fucking in tune with my body that I know in my warm ups if I'm hydrated enough or not. Mm-hmm. I can literally feel it in my muscles as they're warming up, whether I'm hydrated enough. Mm-hmm. And I know if I need more sodium. There's a certain like tingle that happens whenever I, it sounds weird. <laughs> it's a little tingly. Um, but no, it's like I can feel um, stiffness and, and I can't describe it other than like a burn tingle sensation knowing that I don't have enough water and sodium okay. in my body at the time like I should, mm-hmm. you know, and I can feel power essentially not there as much right um things just feel like slightly off sometimes they're like the you know i came in probably a month ago and i felt that when i was going to squat Mm -hmm. so i went in um and i got little uh a little bit of sodium like a sodium packets down those in Went and grabbed a re- one of those ready drinks, drank like half of that down, drank half a bottle of water, and I slowed down my warm up. Now that stuff's not going to like instantly kick in, but it's going to give me a little bit more time to start adding everything in. So, you good? Dude, my neck's killing me right now. Oh, I don't know why. I'm just trying to like rest. <laughs> I'm it. like, are you going to take a nap? Am I just going to keep talking? Here? <laughs> don't mind me. So, um, <laughs> but uh. You know, you got to You got to kind of know um, and be in tune. And there are days I come in and like, I probably ate enough that day. It's, you know, it's not going to affect, but you know, when you're just hungry, 
during oh, yeah. your workout and it's fucking distracting. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I do bring like a little snack with me and it's nothing much. It might be like one of those bars I just ate or one of these oatmeal squares. Yeah. And it's just enough. It's not that I need the food to fuel. It's that I just want something in my in my belly like yeah, to yeah. calm it just so I don't think about being hungry. More from the sensation aspect. Yeah, during yeah. my workout, right? So like little things like that like that's that's how it is sometimes like cuz I know, you know we've talked about when you were helping me out with nutrition and you were talking about like at a competition for gymnastics like they go on hours and hours and hours yeah like and like almost similar to like with powerlifting where like you have an event and then you wait for hours do you know yeah. wait for hours and you get to a certain point like you're starving like you just want food yeah and in the conversations with you you're like listen you're not going to utilize protein well while you're there like these are the foods that you want to eat mm. but i remember being like i just want a protein bar not yeah for the nutritional aspect. Like I just want something solid yeah. in my stomach for that sensation that you're talking yeah. about. Cause it's distracting. Yeah. Well, that's why like, <clears throat> you know, on competition days, we always tell people that like, okay, you could have a little bit of protein. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But protein isn't going to be the main driver. That's going to help you that day. Right. Right. It's going to be, you know, your carbs, maybe a little bit of fats in there too. Um, and then, you know, water, electrolytes, hydration, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff is going to need to come in, right? Your protein can wait because mm-hmm. it, it, in a sense, doesn't really matter how much protein you eat at one time. It's mm. going to digest. Yeah. It's just going to take fucking time, right? Mm. So we always tell people like, yes, afterwards, go have yourself a big ass steak and you know, get down. get plenty of protein and especially that next day mm-hmm. because things are breaking down that day they're going to re- start to repair in About the next four hours yeah, yeah yeah so again if you you know oh my god i didn't get my protein at nine in the morning 10 in the morning right. noon and the competition's done at three or four mm-hmm. it does doesn't fucking matter. Your nope. body's not repairing at one o'clock in the afternoon because right. you did this two hours ago. No, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't mean you can't have a little bit um, to help with like satiety and stuff. Or say, I can't say satiety. I can't say words. That satiation. Feeling full. <laughs> feeling full. <laughs> so terrible. Um, but. Um. You know, it, it, it's just not something that's like, you don't go to meets and just watch people chowing down on steak. No, no. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> there's a lot that goes, it's performance nutrition. That's a, it's a lot that kind of goes into it with, uh, and it gets tricky. You know, it's not all like the way I, uh, tell a weightlifter to eat on two hour weigh-ins mm-hmm. versus the way I tell a powerlifter to eat the way I tell, um, a CrossFit athlete to eat that mm-hmm. might be at a competition that's lasting three days. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like every sport is different, and every, you got to adapt to it. Yeah, you know. So, um, you know, but brings us back to kind of our original topic is the you know, and we kind of talked about this before, like <clears throat> you know, preparing for each session. There are things that are going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. If you get, you know, four hours of sleep, 
it's going to affect your training. And I don't give a shit what anyone says. Now, sometimes, mm-hmm. yes, your body can go into fight or flight. You can have actually a pretty good day, right? right? But statistically, and most often, mm-hmm. you do get a pretty significant drop in performance that next day from sleeping three or four hours the night before. Right. All right. It doesn't mean if you're someone who gets eight and a half, nine hours a night and you only get seven and a half or seven mm-hmm. that your day is done. It doesn't work right. like that. That is still pretty adequate sleep as long as it was quality. You know, I'm not saying that you, you can be asleep for eight hours and Just have shit sleep and have shit sleep. It yeah. is. It does happen. So, um, you know, I feel for those people cause I've been through there that where it's four five, six, seven nights in a row of no more than three or four hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. That is f- fucking brutal <laughs> to, uh, to try to be at a high level on. It sucks. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I know, you know, we, I think most, a lot of athletes I know have had some form of sleep disturbances. Um, I have dealt with insomnia forever. You know what I mean? So I go through large spurts of no sleep, two hours of sleep, three hours of sleep, four hours, something five, maybe at most. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can go weeks like that at a time. So good Lord. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. So yeah. Next time you think um, I should walk in all smiley, happy (laughs) while I'm trying to run a business, deal with clients, perform at a high level. You know, oh, and I'm not a I'm not a caffeine drinker every day, which I don't understand. Yeah. I I would so. not function as a human being. Like I barely function as one in general yeah. with caffeine. I I would be a straight up zombie. Yeah, I don't I don't um, drink caffeine unless it's for a workout. Generally, today's kind of a special day that I'm uh, once in a while I'll drink it. Mm-hmm. You know, long road trips or if I have stuff to do and I'm feeling a little bit more tired than usual. Yeah, you know, but I I don't make it that habit because if I do that, then it turns into that cycle of it could affect my sleep, and yeah. then I, you know, and then I'm just I'm getting nowhere at that point. So I know this is something you and I talked about where like the caffeine sensitivity is huge, where like how much you can have and how long it affects you versus how much I can have and how long it affects me. Yeah, like very very different, and me having it on a frequent basis, even like multiple times in a day and it not affecting my sleep is only something I figured out. Cause like you have to experiment with it basically yeah. to see what that's going to be. Um, but I thought it was a good transition where when we started talking about nutrition and you said like, things are going to go wrong. Like, I mean, absolutely. Like, something is always going to go wrong no matter how well you plan it Yeah, and not getting so caught up. Like anything that you do when it comes to nutrition is going to be, be probably better than what you were doing before. So if you plan yeah. like for five things and you only get three of them, you didn't fail because you missed two. You're three steps further ahead than you were prior. Mm-hmm. But I think once, and this is like for what I've seen, um, I know you work with a lot more people than I do in regards to that, but like once they know that there are five things they should do, that's the standard. Like it's all five or nothing. Yeah. And then, they, like, and then they feel like if they miss one, right. then, oh my God, it's ruined. It's like, I missed my macros for this day. Or like yeah. you said, like I missed a meal before I worked out. It's like, all right, well, you know, get it later. Like yeah. fill in those numbers, you know, make that work. Don't let that be what ruins everything for you. Yeah. But 
they pile so many expectations on top of those five things or however many you know they yeah. want to do that if they don't hit it like not only did they fail nutrition but now it's like well i'm not i messed up my workout and i messed up my yeah. recovery and I'm, it's like no you gotta remember like as much as we preach like oh no excuse and you know you can get it done and blah blah blah. okay yes but unless you are a paid professional athlete that your whole job is to work out all right and you can (laughs) sit at home and cook all your meals all day and all you have to worry about really through the day is training Mm -hmm. um and even then it's hard because your sleep could be off it is it's not easy to have everything clicking at one time where your sleep's good, your nutrition's on point. And I'm talking really on point, not just like you're doing good. Um, Where training is optimal, you're feeling good, everything's moving well, you know, your mobility, like it is hard to check all the boxes all the time. Mm -hmm. The point is to try to check as many as you can as often as you can. Right. Right. And that's how you're going to get better. Um, right now my body fucked up, right? Just, <laughs> just a fucking disaster. It's pissing me off. You're right. But my sleep textbook, medical term. <laughs> yeah. That is write it down. But my sleep is great. My nutrition is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you know, my stress of course is, reverted back to the you know many things but you know having being whatever injured or whatever the hell's going on mm-hmm. yeah it's going to add some stress to the training because you're trying you know yeah. frustrated you're trying to perform high um but it's like then my body will feel great training's good you know food is good sleep's terrible you know it's <laughs> like i can't win you know so it's it's hard to check them all it, it's gonna be yeah so um <clears throat> but I don't want people to, again, the, the whole thing of this episode of the podcast is to, to just lift, stop overthinking every little thing and stop trying to be perfect at all of it. Cause you're not going to be, and especially the higher level you get, you will not be perfect at it all mm-hmm. because it gets fucking hard. You know, it gets hard to be perfect at it all. You're going to, um, I mean, everyone's talked about this. Some of the greatest sessions that people have, um, you know, I, Ed Conan mentioned this before, like some of his best lifting sessions ever, he couldn't sleep after them. You know, he had trouble sleeping mm-hmm. after, and, uh, some people have trouble eating after really high intense, great sessions, mm-hmm. but it's just like, um, at that point, there's a lot of things going on in the body, and uh, God, um, my leg. You're right. Yeah, but um, your leg, my neck. Yeah, we're just falling apart. We should have just laid on the massage table and just like <laughs> held the mics. <laughs> you on the table? I'll go in the sauna. Yeah, we're just in here recovering. But um, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the body at that point, especially like you have a great train session you might get a huge dopamine hit right oh yeah and that might keep you like revved up for hours after that mm-hmm. you know uh and if you're someone that trains at five six seven at night yeah you might have some trouble sleeping yeah so um not to mention like 
all the other effects going on, but that is part of it. <clears throat> so, you know, I think as long as people learn that, I think you'll head down the right path. But do you have anything to add to to that part? I think, I mean, because we had talked about it before we started recording where, I mean, even with recovery, the same thing, where it's like people have this idea that, you know, this is what I have to do, you know, once a week or after this type of training every time, or I have to, you know, always be doing X, Y, Z or else I'm not actually recovered. Yeah. And it's similar to the nutrition where it's like, if you're doing something that is better. Yeah. Now, yeah, you can make an argument and say that certain things are going to be way more applicable to other parts before you get rolling on it. I, it actually reminds me because I heard someone say it not long ago is they'd started using the sauna. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they said was, uh, yeah, I I haven't been using the sauna as much the last couple of weeks. And that was like part of their whole thing. And it's like, well, yes, that, that probably does help you if you want to use it. That is not destroying your training because you used it and then didn't use it. So, I mean, I remember there was a weightlifter years ago who I told him like, Hey, I have these rapid reboots. Would you like to use them? He's like, well, I don't want to become dependent on them. I was like, (laughs) yeah, that's not how it works. And in, you know, this lifter's case, like you were saying, like the sauna does not end up replacing something in your body that once it's gone, like it ends up just totally regressing and falling apart. So no, it just it's going to enhance certain things. Yeah, it's not you know, a while you're using it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I came off a sauna and now I can't lift. <laughs> Man, I haven't had that sauna in a while. You got, <laughs> you got some sauna over at your place? Get like four weeks worth of it. I'll pay. I'll pay you, man. I <laughs> just need that sauna. Yeah, <laughs> but anything that you do is you know going to be beneficial. I mean, to the extent that you're doing it correctly. Right? Let's just like leave it with that, where it's like. If you if you do anything too much for too long, yeah, yeah you can cause more harm than help. But mm-hmm. um, there are certain things that work better after certain kinds of training. You know, the sauna works better after certain types of training versus others. Um, Rapid Reboot or the Normatec, mm-hmm. that one has its own area where it's best applied. But there isn't a necessarily like a bad application. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have somebody... Who's like, oh no, I have to do Normatec and I have to do the sauna and I have to use the Hypervolt and I have to do Trigger Point and I have to foam roll and I have to stretch. Yeah. And uh, I only did the sauna and stretch. It's like, good, yeah. good. First of all, I would almost rather you do that because from a time management standpoint, that first list is really uh, unmanageable. Yeah, return on it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. how realistic is it? At you're some point, there's diminishing time. returns if right. you're doing too much. You could utilize your time better. So, thing, so I like what you said. Like you have a list and you just, you pick a couple of things to check off. Mm-hmm. Like, did you do something to help your recovery? Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Now moving forward, uh, how we could look to see if we can make better choices. Yeah. But not necessarily more. Yeah. It's like, you know, let's steer you in a better direction, but as long as you're doing something, I'm happy. Yeah. It's kind of the classic. Now, again, this is like beginner model, but it's the classic thing of like, Someone comes to you, fresh beginner, their typical American overconsumed food, drink, you know, whatever, don't sleep. And the first things you try to tell them is cut down your drinking. We're going to eat just slightly better, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit better. We're not going to go out to eat so much. We're going to prioritize sleep. And changes start to happen, right? Mm -hmm. 
And then as you get better, you start fine tuning, Mm -hmm. fine tuning and fine tuning. And then yes, once you get to a certain level, like, yeah, that needs to be a consistent thing or else you're going to feel the difference. So really start dialing things in. Yeah. You know, and, um, a lot of people don't understand is like with, with your warmups too, like you should be focusing on your body. If something feels off, you readdress it. And that might mean going back to something in your warmup mm-hmm. or adding something in your warmup. Like you shouldn't really, yes, the bar is part of the warmup, you know, right. obviously getting weight, a little bit of weight on the bar is part of the warmup. And you don't want to take an hour warming up. But there are days where if you want a good session, you got to get that heart rate up. you got to get blood flow through that area. Mm-hmm. You have to find things that aren't moving well that day and address them. Right? So warm, focus on your warm-ups. I watch so many people come in here. And it's usually young people. They throw a bar in the rack or on the bench or whatever. They go over, they do a, a couple odd and end things like maybe for 30, 45 seconds with a band mm-hmm. and it's right under the bar. Hey, that's cool. You're young enough to do that, but I hope the fuck you're doing a lot of sets with just that bar and you know how to turn everything on right. with just that bar. You know what I mean? And the likelihood of that is yeah, something you probably aren't able to, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why... I'm not saying you need a list of 10 things to do, right? but you need to think of like, what am I working today? What is not moving well? What has been tighter? You know, things like, and you need to get that worked out. Mm-hmm. Like you need to get it going. And I'm not talking about like you foam roll for 20 minutes. I'm saying like no. you do dynamic exercises and you do things that get blood into that muscle and activate that muscle, you know, mm-hmm. um, activate that movement pattern. So I see that with some lifters that they'll send me their videos. First set's like, God damn, that was slow. Third set's flying. And I tell them, that shows me right there. You didn't warm up properly. It, it typically doesn't. Sometimes it get, does happen with everyone. You, yeah. But if, it, if you're someone that that constantly happens to, your sets get always get better. You're still warming up as you're going yeah, through. You're yeah. not warming up properly and you're not warming up enough. Mm-hmm. At or a high enough intensity before, like your warm up, you should get your heart rate up. That is proven to turn the nervous system on, especially if you have a sedentary job yeah. for most of the day. You want to get that heart rate yeah. up. It's not going to kill you, like to have your heart rate up for two, three, four minutes. Right. You know, I'm not talking full out sprint heart rate, but it yeah. needs to be substantial. Yeah, got to get a sweat going. Yeah. So.